Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Go Lead Everything. My guest today has spent over 60,000 hours in the automotive industry, spending 32 years in automotive service. He's held positions as a technician, advisor, assistant service manager, service manager, lane manager, service director, fix ops director, and service and parts director. He began hosting the Trust My Work podcast and now is the host of the Fixed Ops Mastermind podcast, and he is on a mission to leave the automotive service industry a little better than he found it. Pleased to have the opportunity to get to know this individual a little better on GLE today. Dave Foy, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, Dave, I'm glad you reached out and I'm glad we could connect. It's always fun to meet someone else who's a fellow podcast host, you know, and, and fairly new to it as well. So Dave, tell us your story. And I'm curious, you know, go through your auto history and tell us about sort of the catalyst that led you to embarking and starting this podcast. Yeah, so uh, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version because it'd take a long time to get through 32 years uh, in the business. But <laughs> I, I, I started as a technician back in 87 um, with, with Ford Motor Company. And um, turns out I'm not a great technician. So I, uh, after about four or five years of doing that, I moved to the desk and became a service advisor. Uh, and, and that's really where I found that, that I belonged um, and found something that I could excel at. So uh, I continued my journey there and, and the auto business is good at uh, providing opportunities if you're in the right place and have proved that you're ready. So I moved up from service manager up through the ranks to the, to the top in the service department anyways, to where I reside now. So le leading a service department. As far as the, the podcast, uh, getting the podcast started, I, I also run a, a weekly um, uh, membership uh, in the evenings uh, by the same name, the Fixed Ops Mastermind. And uh, it, it sprung from that. Uh, so we, we have members there. That's a paid membership uh, in, in that mastermind. And this was a way to bring some of that knowledge out to some other people, uh, get some more name recognition, if you will, uh, but also be able to, to get some of this knowledge into the hands of the people who aren't at the point where, where they want to join a, join a group where they meet every week, but they can still, you know, listen for 20 or 30 minutes and, and uh, pick up some things that can hopefully uh, help their career or, or help their life. That's amazing. It's super cool. That's, I'm new to the podcast thing too. And, and that perspective really helped me get my whys in order. So it gave me that passion of like, Hey, you know, Sharing some of this stuff, even if it helps one or two people, it's worth it to me, right? And so I think you found me based on a post talking about producer versus consumer mindset and leadership. And that post talks a little bit about how leaders are producers and not consumers. I'm curious, from your experience as a leader, 
what resonated with you about that post and you know, how does that kind of tie into what you're, what you're doing today? Yeah. So the, the, the reason that that resonated with me was um, I, I was, uh, I kind of felt like I was in the, the same position with, with uh, that you were rather um, where I was going through my life and, and just consuming things um, and, and not, not uh, giving back, if you will, being that, being that producer. Um, and, and so w- when I heard that, when I heard that in, in that post, it was like, okay, I never, I never looked at it that way, but, but I went through that same kind of epiphany, if you will, uh, to, to the point where, you know, I really enjoy as I'm, I'm leading the teams is bringing what I enjoy about it is bringing the people along and, getting them to the point where they can move on. So I've, I've had several people who have started underneath me and now work in either the same position as me or as a service manager. Um, you know, some have gone from tech to advisor and uh, that sometimes in this industry gets looked at with, well, yeah, but now you're losing, you're losing a good tech or you're losing a good advisor. Uh, and, and, I, and I like to look at it more from that producer side of, no, I've produced another leader for, for this business that, that this business doesn't have enough of. Um, yeah. and, and that's, that, that's, that's really, I mean, you can look at consumer producer from, from obviously from the standpoint of, of actual material goods, but I'm looking at it from the standpoint of uh, I can either just be the, the consumer of a good team or I can be the producer of, of somebody who can make more out of a team. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing, Dave. So for those who may not know or be familiar with the term fixed ops in the automotive industry, give, just mm-hmm. give a brief overview of you know, what's all about fixed ops. Yeah, so fixed ops in the dealership is the service parts departments. And if, you, if there's a body shop uh, there, uh, also the body shop. Um, it gets its name because we have a fixed amount of hours every month that, that we can sell, if you will. Um, and, and so every day you've got to get to that. You've got to get to that, uh, that, that actual production of the hours because you can never get those back. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sales side of a dealership is, is considered variable ops because they can sell one car on Tuesday and they were supposed to sell 10, but on Wednesday they can sell 20 and be all caught up. Um, and we can't do that. There's obviously, there's only so many hours in a day. Once that day's gone, uh, it's gone. So it's a, it's a fixed amount of hours that we have. And, and that is why it's called fixed ops. Yeah. So I just bought a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And as part of that vehicle purchase, they got me on the, uh, the extended warranty, multi-year service plan. I think it added about, I don't know, like $3,000 or something to my yeah. multi-year financing. Is that a good deal? Is that something uh, that you'd recommend? If, if the car is something that you plan on keeping, having that extended warranty is usually a pretty good idea. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a layer of protection. It's an insurance policy, if you would. Um, I, I'm sure you have life insurance, and, um, and, and I'm sure you don't plan on dying. So <laughs> it, it's, it's uh, the, the same type of thing with your car. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just extra insurance there in case something does happen. Just kind of set it and forget it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So as a leader, you know, you, you mentioned kind of growing and, and starting as a technician. And I'm curious sort of your leadership journey and, and what's your approach to leadership? And have you had any real epiphany moments as you've grown as a leader and now leading teams in, in the automotive industry? 
Yeah. So, uh, I started out, um, I started out leading, um, as I, as I learned it from my dad, which was to, to yell and scream at people. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you, you learn, uh, you learn quickly that that type of leadership only gets you so far. Um, and, uh, it is not really conducive to, uh, actually being a leader. Um, you, you can be a boss and do that, but you can't be a leader. Um, and and I, I was lucky in my career to have uh, some, some great mentors um, that the, the, the first service manager that I had is probably the best customer service person that, that I've ever uh, worked with. Um, and that, those skills that, that he taught me in dealing with the customers are the same skills that you can use in dealing with your team. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he used to have a, a phrase that you need to learn to tell people to go to hell so that they, in, in such a way that they look forward to the trip. Um, and, uh, and that, uh, is, is very important, um, for, from both a customer perspective and, and a team perspective, uh, that, that having, having mentors in your life is, is really important uh and and typically is pretty understated in in the automotive industry uh what typically ends up happening is you take somebody who was a, a strong technician or or a technician who was was good at communicating and they get bumped up into an advisor position and then from there because they have some technical knowledge uh that you know maybe they're a really good advisor the manager leaves or gets asked to leave and now that seat's empty so they say Hey, you're, you're doing really good as an advisor. You're the next manager. Um, and, and obviously there's a different skill set as you start to move up that ladder. There's a different skill set that is, that is not often taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you hear it a lot, you know, people getting promoted in, into their, uh, their role of, of, uh, incompetence, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you hear, you hear about that happening often in just about every industry. I'm curious, have you, like, what's the most, challenging experience you've had to deal with as a leader and and what did you do to overcome it that's a tough question um i'm I'm typically the guy who is going into stores that are broken so um that's probably not one single (laughs) so you're mr fix it huh yeah mr mr fix it so what do you mean Um, by a store that's broken so you take the, the, there's some stores that just kind of go along there. They're making plenty of money. There's their, their um, CSI, the customer satisfaction scores are good. Um, and they, they are fine. They, they don't need anything. There are other stores that are either suffering with those CSI scores. Uh, maybe they're suffering with um, technicians that are, that are unhappy or, or a technician base that's, that's leaving. Um, maybe they have a rotation of advisors that don't stick around, or maybe they've had a rotation of, of managers and directors that, that don't stick around. And all of that creates some tumultuous times um, that, that ultimately the customer pays for in, in the repairs on their vehicles. Um, and, and those are typically the stores that, that, um, that, that I end up at. <laughs> So, um, the, the stores that are, and that's, that, that's through a choice of my own. It's, um, the, the stores that are running well and, and just kind of go along. Um, I get bored. Uh, that's, that's, um, not, not where, uh, not my zone of genius, if you will. Um, I, I would much rather have the, the, the store that needs some help and try to write that ship and, and get it moving in the right direction. 
that's super cool, Dave. The uh, the mindset and the the I guess label of you know being like the impossible problem solver. I'm curious, like, do you do you seek those out passionately, or do you find yourself falling into those roles a little bit, or or did you find yourself maybe falling into some of those roles and and then it it kind of snowballed and now you, now you've started to seek them out a little more because you've realized you you really enjoy that. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't seek that out. Um, that that just kind of evolved into. Um, you know, going into some stores that needed some help mm-hmm. uh, and then getting those stores turned around. The, the automotive business is a, a very small, large business. Uh, oh, sure. and, and, you know, people, people start to know your name. You start to get known for certain situations. Um, and, and that's so, so now it, it's tough for me to actually seek out a dealership that's having trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but that is definitely the, the, the place that I, that I, uh, wind up gravitating to. Yeah. Super cool. So what are some of the most common mistakes you see in fixed ops? It's mostly leadership, uh, issues. Um, you know, t- typically ev- everybody wants to be led, uh, on some level. And although, you know, technicians are, are typically a type personalities, um, who, who may push back against that leadership, Ultimately, they also realize when you start to put in some systems and you, and you start to, to lead in, in a way that they can follow along, they start to realize that it, that it helps them. You know, they start making more hours, which means they're making more money. The hours start to come easier. It's not such a struggle. And there's less for them to push back against. It's really, for the most part, in, in automotive is a, is a lack of leadership. And some people have gotten used to it. And so there are times when you come into a situation and, and you start to put those processes in and, and start to, uh, to, to expect that things will be done in a certain way. And, and you'll get a lot of pushback because people are used to just going about and doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, those processes are so critical. And I feel like when typically when I see a lot of pain points going on, it's because there's, I don't know, maybe a process hasn't been developed or maybe, maybe by default, people have defaulted to a process just because there wasn't one. And now, you know, if you, if you try to put something in place, usually on the front end, it, it's like real heavy and clunky and you're dealing with that change management and maybe people resist it. Maybe people don't like it. And then like you were just saying, then they see, they see on the back end, like, Hey, this is all just helping us, right? This is about making this easier for everybody to navigate and right. I, lo- I, I love that. And that, that was actually when I realized, and, and Tony, when we were talking uh, about the producer versus consumer mind, you know, Tony was talking about, you know, they, they've created an experience for you. And, you know, how many times have I gone to go get my car serviced? Literally, Dave, I've never thought about fixed ops in my entire life. <laughs> Ever. Most people haven't. It's crazy, right? <laughs> And I mean, it's a huge industry. So, you know, that, that perspective is just so huge when you, when you realize all the producers around you that make the world go, it's, it's really incredible. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot, right. When you start considering every single, not, not just every single industry, but every single sub industry that helps that industry move along. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of people out there that, that are making the, the world go, go around. Um, so, what part of the country are you from, Dave? Massachusetts. Okay. You still in Massachusetts? Yes. Is that yep. where you were when you were with Ford early on? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I spent quite a bit of the time up in, in Detroit. 
So, you know, definitely big auto presence up there driving, yeah. driving most of just about everything. Um, <laughs> so what's the future for the fixed ops mastermind? Talk a little bit about what, what y'all are doing this group that you've established as weekly group and, and what all's going on. Yeah. So the, the group has evolved from what it was originally created to be, which was uh, originally I, I um, envisioned it to be a place for technicians, advisors to come uh, get some training on being able to move themselves up uh, to, to try and solve that, that lack of training in the manager role at, at the lower levels. Uh, and what it has evolved to is it has become a, a leaders group uh, where managers, directors, dealer principals are coming every single week and, and vendors are coming and we're working through the, the problems in, in the dealerships um, and solving the, the leadership issues at, at the higher level as opposed to the, the lower level that, uh, that, that I anticipated it being. It's been uh, very interesting. It's been a, a good ride. We, we've got subject matter experts that come on every week and you know we, we work through some issues and try to be a forward thinking group. That old phrase of uh, that, that's, that's the way it's always been done is, is a phrase that, that, uh, that I can't stand. But when you were talking about the, the change management, I mean, that's, that's, that's what always comes up, right? When you, when you start to, uh, to, to go through and, and try to change a process or something. And, and that's what you always hear is, but that, but we've always done it that way. I've never heard anybody say that, Dave. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Of oh, course. Yeah. The world. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's funny, you know, and, and, and we're all subject to it, right? We, we catch ourselves even in, in our day-to-day lives, run it into that. And you, you gotta, you gotta kind of give yourself a, a gut check and be like, Hey, you know, right. it's, it's no big deal. We're, we're dealing with a lot of change now though. Rapid change that, you know, is, is astronomical compared to previous generations. Don't you think? Yeah, it, it, absolutely. It's, it's coming very, very fast. Um, and in the automotive industry, 2020 brought along, you know, a whole bunch of changes that, that had been talked about for a while, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with mobile service and, uh, pickup and delivery service, uh, thing, things like that. Those, those were all things that had been talked about and were on the fringe and there were some dealers that were doing it and they were, you know, just way out ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 2020 comes along and nobody wants to come into your dealership. And so you needed to, to figure those things out pretty quickly. And those, those changes, even, even without something like COVID, the, the changes in, in the business and technology and things are just coming much, much faster than, than they were before. I cannot wait for the first pickup and delivery service that, that I utilize. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard of this. I haven't used it yet, but I'm excited for it because that's awesome. It's a, yeah. It's a great just, service. Yeah, just just a phone call and uh, uh, someone comes and takes your car, fixes it up, and brings it back to you. It's yeah, pretty simple. I, I need to do it too. I, I bought this new vehicle, and literally like two weeks later, I had a headlight out, and like one of my other lights was flickering, and it made me really glad I bought that uh, extra <laughs> insurance policy there, Dave. I don't, know right. how I, I don't know how I did on my purchase or not, but <laughs> we shall see. So what what's the scoop All on right. electric vehicles? A lot of cool EVs coming out. Thoughts on how electric may change the industry for, you know, the service side for sure. Yeah. The, I mean, electric is, is definitely going to, to, to have some effect. Um, the, there's still things that, that vehicles are going to need. And, and right now, most of what goes wrong with the vehicle is in electronics. Uh, and those electric vehicles are all electronics. So 
um, you know, it's, it's obviously going to change some things. You're not going to be, you're not going to have a need for any kind of express service doing oil changes and things, but um, you know, there's along with electric vehicles comes all the other systems that go with them. And um, you know, the, the autonomous vehicles that are, that are coming and are, are probably not too far away. Um, it's probably more of the, the country's infrastructure that's keeping autonomous vehicles off the road than it is sure. the, the actual vehicles. It's, it's definitely coming. It's an interesting shift that the automotive industry is going to have to take. There's a lot of change that that's coming to the dealerships. You know whether whether dealerships themselves are going to stay there the the same way that they are now, at least the the, the front of the house, if you will, the the mm-hmm. sales end, um, as that model starts to change and people again don't want to come to the dealership. So you, you you're starting to to talk more about those companies like Carvana who can can deliver you a car and a with a touchless experience and things so that'd be pretty cool huh yeah just click uh, click and click online and the car shows up at your door that's it that's and once they're autonomous it can drive there without a person so that'll be that'll <laughs> you don't be even crazy. need a person involved yeah <laughs> you, you know and and like you said that those th- those changes are coming much much faster now technology is evolving very quickly so quick yeah so absolutely. quick it's crazy to think about so Dave, what, what do you do in your spare time, Dave? What are your hobbies? Do you have any hobbies? Uh, I, I really only have one hobby, which is, uh, working out in the yard. That's, uh, that's about it. Doing some landscaping and things is, is, uh, what I like to do when I'm not, uh, working. It's, it's mostly working. <laughs> what's your, what's your latest landscaping Between. project? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's fall in New England, so it's, uh, it, it's leaf time. My wife and I just moved out to the suburbs. We we uh, we got some more square footage, you know, and a little bit more yard and all that stuff. And with that comes the additional maintenance. And so we've been Absolutely. slowly learning the lesson of of how to manage that because we had a little townhouse with no yard, absolutely yeah. no maintenance. And now we're like, yeah, we need to hire a lawn guy, and uh, you know, we might we might need to hire somebody to do this stuff for us. <laughs> Not that we can't do it, but man, it's yeah. like, it, it's a lot of work, you know. I can see yeah. how you could turn that into a hobby for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's sure. uh it, it becomes my thinking time. So Yeah. It's uh, you know, time when you can you can be on the on the tractor mulching up some leaves and not really have to think about much. And uh it, that's that's when your ideas come to you. But yeah. um, you know, other other than that, it's uh it, it's it's a whole lot of work. But between a, a full time full time job running a store and, and trying to keep the uh, weekly group going and the podcast going and i had some webinars that i was doing it's uh it's a lot of hours well yeah i mean we're i was talking with with watley on saturday morning and and now i'm sitting here with you on sunday night Mm -hmm. and uh you know this is what the the driven (laughs) folks do they make it happen right that is correct one of your uh one of your quotes that really rang with me dave everybody wants to be led on some level Mm -hmm. i really like that quote and I've, I've never really thought about it from that perspective, I suppose, is that, you know, some of us even resist leadership at times, or you can, you can resist those things, but, but deep down at some level, everybody's being led by somebody else. Right. And that's, I just really like that quote. I wanted to point that out. You got any more elaborations on, on that quote? You know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's all about finding the level that, that that person wants to be led at. You know, some people need a much 
firmer hand, if you will. Uh, they, they need a little more instruction, a little more definition into, into what is expected and, and how to get there. And there's others that, that just need to know what the goal is and, and that, that they can get there. But there's always got to be someone that's there to lay down that vision. You know, that, that's the leading part. Everybody always has to know what that vision is. And, and as the leader, hopefully you're strong enough that, that you can lay down a vision that, or, or put up a vision, if you will, that is large enough that everybody else can see their, their version of, of their life within that vision. Leading people is all about finding the, the level that they, they need to be led at. I really like that, Dave. I really like that. One thing I like to do, Dave, is um, I ask people, and, and this is a perspective question. This is something that I was started thinking about after I, after I began this podcast is who knows generations into the future who might end up seeing this someday. And so one of the questions I always ask my guests is if you could leave the world with only one to three things, you had to boil all your, all of Dave Foy's knowledge down into just a, a few things that, that you could leave the world with, what would they be? Wow. That's a good one. Without giving it a, a ton of thought, just in my head, the, the first thing that, that comes to mind is the world does need leaders and the world does need followers. Knowing which of those categories you fall into can help your, help your life uh, immensely. That's a good one. I actually posted on that the other day. It was a poem. Uh, I'm looking for it right now because it's a good poem. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it, had the, it talks about a bass a bass in it. And, uh, I just interviewed my buddy, Anthony Bass. So it was perfect. <laughs> um, it's by, uh, Douglas Malik. Be the best of whatever you are. It goes, if you can't be a pine on the top of a hill, be a scrub in the Valley, but be the best little scrub by the side of the rill, be a bush. If you can't be a tree, if you can't be a bush, be a bit of the grass and some highway, some happier make, if you can't be a muskie, then just be a bass, but the liveliest bass in the lake. We can't all be captains. We've got to be crew. There's something for all of us here. There's big work to do and there's lesser to do. And the task we must do is the near. If you can't be a highway, then just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. And so nice. I, think, I think that advice you gave, Dave, is, is mm -hmm. super fitting and I've always said that, you know, the followers need a leader too. And that mm -hmm. leader leads by being the best follower. And sometimes, you know, we talk about leadership and, and uh, sometimes the best way to lead is just to demonstrate what being a good follower is, Yeah, you know, and helping your organization move forward. Cause, cause uh, it takes, it takes uh, the right attitude to be a good follower even. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, the, it, the, there's no doubt that um, know, knowing your place in the world is, is certainly uh, a, um, a big advantage, I'll say, uh, over others. Because obviously there's some people that, that search years and sometimes their entire life trying to figure out where they fit in. Right? If, if you can figure out where you can fit in, then, then you can start making impact in, in no matter what it is that, that you're doing mm -hmm. uh, as long as, as you're comfortable with where you fit in. Definitely, Dave. Well, Dave, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, my friend. If people want to learn more about Fixed Ops Mastermind and what you are doing, where can they find you? Uh, FixedOpsMastermind.com. 
Uh, and uh, you can look for Dave Foy on LinkedIn. Uh, spend plenty of time on there. Awesome, Dave. Well, appreciate you coming on the show. It was a pleasure chatting, and thank you for the opportunity to come chat and, and allow me and the GLE crew to get to know you a little bit better, Dave. And we'll go follow you shortly and uh, be rooting the Fixed Ops Mastermind on. Great. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more. It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time. And go 